Is inflation taking a bite out of your grocery budget? Andrews Federal Credit Union is here to help. Introducing our Inflation Buster Share Certificate with 5% APY for seven months now through December 14th. Bring your money to Andrews Federal Credit Union today. The Inflation Buster account must be open with new money. Andrews Federal Credit Union membership is not just for the military. We also serve the community. Visit andrewsfcu.org. Federally insured by NCUA. Membership eligibility required. APY equals annual percentage yield. Must have a $1,000 minimum balance to earn advertised APY. This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. Today's episode is brought to you by BUSR.com. You know, everyone always asks me where they should bet, and now I got a solution for them. BUSR.com slash Paul. You deposit $100, they'll match your $100 in free bets, so you basically get $200. Go check it out. BUSR.com slash Paul. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage Podcast. Our special guest today is Madison Packer. Madison, how's it going? Good. How are you? Good. Appreciate you coming on. Finally got you on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm easier to nail down than my wife. Yeah, for sure. Let's just go uh, into the rebranding of the the NWHL. Now it's the PHF, which I think is easier to say now, PHF. Um, so what, what are your thoughts on it and, and what do you think it's going to come with the new rebranding? Um, well, I could give you a, like fancy PR, um, I want the real, I want the real answer, say. but, uh, <laughs> it's different. I, I understand why they did it. Uh, it's gonna ch- change is always hard. Um, we've been the NWHL for six seasons, uh, thinking we were going to be the NWHL for a seventh. So, um, having been there from the beginning and kind of helped build that brand and see everything that went into it. Um, it's kind of sad just to see that, you know, flame go out. Um, but at the same time, it's exciting to see what comes about from the PHF. Um, I think it's going to be a phenomenal business opportunity for the league. I think that in the past there were, um, things done, uh, whether intentionally or not by the NWHL that just, maybe left a bad taste in people's mouths. And while the NWHL has gained recognition amongst fans and things, I think that there were some companies and businesses that were hesitant to do business with the NWHL because of past business experiences. So I think that this, this new brand and this, this rebrand kind of severs ties with the, the old brand and we have new leadership. We have, you know, more teams, new investors. It, it really is a whole new and, um, not necessarily improved, but it's just a revamped and new group of people working towards the same goal. Uh, I think that it, you know, disassociates us from former leadership and um, will allow us to branch out and kind of create, create something new with the NWHL. We're building off of that foundation and moving in in a positive direction. Yeah, for sure. I know obviously last year uh, was crazy for everybody, uh, especially your team. Uh, I believe you guys had to like pull out of the, the, the league um, for COVID protocols and things like that. Um, what are you like, how excited, how more excited are you looking forward to this season that you're actually going to get like to play like a full season? I'm pumped. Uh, we've, you know, we've started uh, unofficial practices. So we've got some of the team already skating together. Official practice starts in October um, but you know, the way everything ended last year, um, 
sucked. It left a really bad taste in my mouth personally. Um, I think we've got a lot of players coming back who feel the same way. Um, I'm obviously biased because I'm a riveter, but I think we had the best team in the bubble and we never really got a chance to showcase what we had. Um, we were just starting to click and get going and then the whole thing got shut down and we never really got a chance uh, to come back and show what we could do. So I think that the group is excited uh, to get back on the ice. I'm excited. Um, and it kind of changes your perspective. You know, I was, I was driving back from the rink on Tuesday and I was um, talking to somebody about it and I was like, it's just, it's a different feeling this year. Like last year we, we it, got, it got ripped away from us and we didn't, we didn't know when we were going to play hockey again. We didn't know if we were going to be included in that group of people that got to go, you know, uh, to the final. We didn't know, you know, then there was, or there were all these changes through the league. I personally didn't know if I was going to be a riveter again, because every year is different contracts, you know, leadership, investors, whatever. Some people might choose to go in a different direction. So uh, there was a lot of uncertainty in the way that the season ended and it sucked. So um, I'm more motivated than I've ever been coming into this season. Um, and I think a lot of my teammates feel that way. I was at practice uh, a couple nights ago and I looked around and I was like, I mean, I, I feel threatened out there. There's, there's people coming for my spot. So that's a good way to feel. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to have a big year. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're only 30 years old, obviously that's, that's young and regular life, but um, you know, pro life, that's when like kind of things start, uh, I guess, you know, you got to start thinking about your second career and things like that. But you, so you've been a part of the league for since inception. Um, like, what are the things that you've seen like change, like improvement wise and things like that? I know even like the teams, like there was only four when you started. Yeah, we've added teams. Obviously, um, the private ownership has become um, more prominent now. I think there's four teams that are privately owned. Even you know the, the Minnesota and um, Buffalo are technically privately owned by WHP. Um, so you know, every team has, now it's smaller groups of investors or a single investor focusing on one or two or three teams, as opposed to a whole group of people in focusing on all the teams at once. Uh, it allows for more reset, more resources to be allocated to individual teams. Obviously there's the increase in the salary cap, which some people scoffed at. We as athletes think it's huge. Um, that just increases right off the bat, increases, increases our salary, but it also, shows that people are willing to invest in, in female athletes and invest in our sport. Uh, and it, it draws eyes and attention. So we get other uh, businesses investing. Um, and so, I mean, there's more money in your pocket, the more businesses that come to the door. Um, those have been huge from a personal standpoint, you know, personal sponsorships uh, for me and other athletes across the league that didn't happen at all in the first season, unless you were an Olympic athlete. Now, doesn't matter if you're an Olympian or you only play two games. I mean, companies are willing to invest in women. Uh, and I think that that's huge. Uh, you're seeing athletes start to build personal brands and really make a living out of it. Um, and so that's, that's been exciting to watch and be a part of, and uh, it's only going to continue to grow and go up from here. Yeah, for, for sure. And those that don't know your hat stands for, for you, which is dope. Yeah. Which is the M and the 14. Um, and then just going back in, in time, like uh, I know you grew up in, in Michigan. Uh, how did how did you end up going to the University of Wisconsin? Yeah, so I grew up playing for Little Caesars, um, played there for four seasons. And, uh, you know, when I was in high school, Wisconsin was like the pinnacle school. It was the place to be as a hockey player, a female hockey player. Uh, Minnesota Duluth was also really good. 
Um, you know, Harvard was in and out of that top mix, Minnesota, obviously, but really I felt the WCHA complemented the way that I played gritty, you know, I'm not the fastest player out there, which East, East coast is a little more speed and, and things like that. The WCHA is known for a little bit being a little more physical, just bigger players. At least it was at the time when I was playing. Um, but most notably Mark Johnson was there. You had players like uh, the Ammermans, Knight, Decker, Duggan, Vetter, the list goes on of just Ingstrom, um, phenomenal players that they were turning out of the U.S. program. And that was my goal was to be an Olympian. And I felt like the way to be the best was to play with the best and try and compete with them on a, on a day to day. So uh, I went and I, I mean, just fell in love with the campus. It was six hours to me is a, is a drive. So that was a, it was a drive from home. Um and so I could be home, you know, overnight if I needed to be. It was close enough that my parents were able to visit all the time. Uh, and I'm a pretty big homebody. So uh, I just fell in love with everything about it. And it was um, a Big Ten school. The football part was a big draw for me. Um, and, you know, I, I loved every minute of it. So I don't I don't wouldn't change anything about my decision. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And then not to mention you won the national championship your freshman year. Uh, what, what was that like to just win it your first year? It was surreal. I mean, I think that, um, you know, that year we were so good. Um, we had, we were stacked. We had uh, Rigsby and Nat, but uh, Becca Rootsager was the backup goalie. I mean, that's a pretty good backup goaltender. She played at Shattuck um, and just top to bottom, Gina Pro, Megan Duggan, Hillary Knight, Carolyn Prevo, the Ammermans, me, um, Frickus, like everyone on the roster was, were phenomenal players. I left a bunch out, but um I mean, every time we practiced, it was like, oh my God, like this is who I'm, who I'm trying to go out and like compete for a spot with. Um, so it was, and it was, you know, Megan Duggan is probably one of the best leaders I've ever played with. I, I say that all the time. Um, she just, she, she's laid back, but she demands excellence. And she's, was, was a great person for me to learn from. Um, she was approachable. She was kind. She was always willing to spend time with the younger players and, um, you know, even if she didn't really care, she always made you feel like she cared about your development and, and what you were doing. Um, and so it was a good environment to learn in as a rookie. And I came in injured. Like, that's really intimidating. I, I blew my knee out my last game of my high school season. Um, so I'm already coming in a step behind and I'm like, it's a whole new world. Now you go to college, it's already a step faster than what you're used to. And I'm, you know, two steps slower because I'm coming back from a knee injury. Um, so it would just was, you know, the minute we got on the ice, it was like, wow, this is going to be a special season. And I think we, I think we only lost three games all year, um, yeah. which was pretty cool. And we won, we won um, the, the Patty, Duggan won the Patty Cas, we won the national championship, we won the regular season and we don't won the WCHA championship. So it set the bar pretty high because then we never got back to that peak of success while I was there, but um, it was pretty cool to experience that. You still have the ring? Yeah, it's right there. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Some, I had to ask because sometimes people like lose their rings and I'm just like, how, like, how'd you lose it? <laughs> no, yeah, I still have it. I put um, it on display. We actually beat Anya. We played BU that year in the final and Anya was on crazy. BU. So. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then I know you had a few injuries over your career. Um, well, like what motivated you like through those injuries to come back? Um, I think um, – for the most part, you know, I get, you get, everyone gets banged up here and there. Yeah. Um, the biggest one, the hardest one to come back from was my hip where 
that was a couple seasons ago. And I just, I remember how hard it was to come back from my knee injury. I had total reconstruction surgery on my knee. I, I blew my, uh, I tore my ACL, MCL, meniscus all at the same time. And it was just such a grind. And I had phenomenal doctors, a great rehab team at uh, the University of Wisconsin, Dennis Helwig, who's no longer there, but he was phenomenal in working with me for hours at a time every day. I moved to Madison almost right after I had the surgery. And so then when I knew when I had to have labrum surgery, I was just like, oh my God, I can't imagine going through that again. Like I just, I don't have, I don't have someone to hold my hand like I did at Wisconsin to walk me through every step of the process. I'm having, I'm having surgery in New York city. I had it at NYU, Dr. Lomas did it. And same thing. He's a world-class surgeon. I, I woke up and walked out of surgery, felt great, but it was just intimidating to think about that rehab process because at the time we didn't have the same resources that we have now um, from a league standpoint. Um, but I kind of, you know, a couple of weeks after surgery, I was, I thought to myself, you know, I feel pretty good. And um, I think I could probably play again. So I got connected with some people and um, went through the rehab and PT and got back on the ice and I felt great. And in that like journey of figuring things out for myself, I learned, I spent a lot of time focusing on like nutrition and learning how to actually take care of my body, um, which has made it now easier. For, I'm, a lot, I'm in a lot better shape now than I was four or five years ago, um, which makes it easier as I get older to continue to compete, but also just, it, I've actually get injured less because I took from that injury and learned how to be better going forward. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Um, and then just like, like, what were your thoughts, like, while you're in college? Like, I know there was, like, a Canadian pro league, but I think they, they don't pay players. Is that right? They didn't at the time. I think yeah. I think they did. I think they did for one season when yeah. they the CW paid players. But when I was in – when I graduated, mm-hmm. uh, I graduated in December of 2014, and there was no NWHL. Yeah. And I thought about still playing, but I was like, I was going to like, there were the closest team to me, I think was in Brampton, Ontario. And I was like, or maybe Toronto. I don't know. I live, I moved back home in Detroit mm-hmm. and um, I was like, I could go play in Canada, but like, I'm not going to get a job in Canada. I'm going to have to pay to like commute for practices. It, it just, I, I could play like pickup men's and like, the, the women's league would probably be better because I'm playing against all these former college athletes, but this was a lot of lot to put in. Um, yeah. And then it just kind of lucked out that uh, the NWHL formed. I got an email like this women's professional league starting. And I was like, all right, like we'll check it out, I guess. And they were having a free agency camp in uh, Windsor. So I drove to Windsor, which was about an hour from Detroit. And I went out and I like no disrespect to the other players that were there but I think I might've scored like 30 goals in the, in the hour and 15 minute, like scrimmage skate. And then Danny Ryland was there, uh, the former commissioner and she like was pulling players aside. So I'm kind of like standing off the side, listening to her talk to people. And she's like, yeah, so, you know, we're having another skate in Boston and you can come. And I'm, and I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't do that. I can't take time off of work to go out to Boston to like hope that I get a spot on a team somewhere. So I'm up next to talk to her. And I'm expecting her to give me the same spiel and I'll have to say, thanks for the opportunity, but it's just not going to work for me. And she was like, so, you know, I really like what we saw and we'd love to sign you to a contract in New York. And I was like, yeah. I mean, like, let me, I was, I was, that was six years ago. I was like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm still living at home. So I probably have to ask my parents, but <laughs> I'm in. Uh, so I packed up my car and I moved to 
the East Coast, expecting to play one season of hockey and then move back to the Midwest. And now I'm married with a son and a mortgage in Connecticut. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. No, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, that's like crazy to think about. Like, so like I'm saying like you were in college, but you had no idea like if there's ever going to be like kind of like a pro like league basically. Yeah, no, I, I mean, it was, it's actually like crazy, like whirlwind of emotion. So my senior year, we're playing in the national championship in, uh, at Quinnipiac, I think. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And, uh, we lost to Minnesota in the semis and I had been released from the national program. So I wasn't playing with USA hockey anymore. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I'm sitting in the corridor of the rink talking to my parents and I was like, that's it. Like my hockey career is over. I just went from playing on one of the best college teams in the world to never, I'll never play another competitive hockey game for the rest of my life. It was like such a heartbreaking experience. And I couldn't for like months, it was like depressing. And I couldn't wrap my head around how this thing that like has defined you, right? Because you go to college, you're a college athlete, but like if there's classes that conflict with, with practice, maybe you don't get to take those classes. Like it depends, you know, de- all depends. And so all of a sudden this thing that has con- completely consumed you, it paid for my education. It drove me to where I, where I was. It just means nothing now. Um, and then obviously the league formed and that's changed for me. And I've been able to make a career out of that sport for a long time, but it could have gone a very different way. And I, um, and that for me, like, that was really de- like for a long time, I, I like, I've, I've talked about that a lot. Like, it's just, that's depressing. Like we, there's, there were no resources. And that was what was so crazy is like, you go from having all of these resources as an athlete, like down to like meal cards, like they hold your hand with everything, which is great. We were completely pampered at Wisconsin, but then the minute you're done being an athlete, it's very isolating and, and confusing. And um, you just kind of left to fend for yourself. I, th- I think that, you know, former athletes who are still in Madison have, have done a good job of, of creating resources and starting some programs to help athletes out. So that doesn't happen. Um, but yeah, it's, I'm fortunate that the NWHL started when it did. Cause yeah. you know, I don't know what, how it would have been without that. Yeah. Yeah. That's why it's just crazy to me for me to like, think about like, what, how do you mentally like, like you obviously probably want to go pro if you're at one of the big schools and then you're just like, there is no pro really. Yeah. Like, like it's just crazy to think about. All right. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. I'm going to ask Anya the same question when she comes on, how did you guys meet? <laughs> so, uh, so when I, when I, um, retired, retired, yeah. when I decided I wasn't going to play anymore, I like announced my retirement. I was done. I was having hip surgery, blah, blah, blah. Had surgery, came back, felt good. Decided I wanted to come back and play called Chad Wiseman, who was the coach at the time. And he said, sounds like a good idea. What do your teammates think? So I started calling my teammates one by one and was like, Hey, I want to come back, but I want to make sure you're good with it. So if you're not, I won't play. This is why I want to play. Are you cool? Called everyone on the team. Everyone was good with it. One of my teammates suggested that I call Anya that at the time, Anya Badalino, she was the head of the PA and, you know, she could probably help me in getting, you know, back with the league and whatever. So I called her and I said, you know, I had surgery and I had just, I told her I had just gone, I had just broken up with my former um, longtime girlfriend. I was like, I just went through a breakup. Like I just, I want to play hockey again and I can do it and whatever. And she goes, okay, yeah. Like I, I'm happy to help in any way I can. 
sorry to hear about the breakup. Um, you know, if you ever want to talk, whatever, I'm a resource for you. Didn't talk for a while. Then we just started like kind of texting about hockey and whatever. And she asked me out a couple of times, like grab a drink. And I was like, yeah, thanks, but no thanks. Like, I'm just going to do my own thing for a while. And she was pretty persistent. So then I'm coaching Beantown. This was like over the course of maybe eight weeks. And she texts me and she's like, what are you doing this weekend? I said, I'm coaching Beantown. She's like, oh my God, no, me, me too. No way. So a bunch of coincidences happened throughout the weekend. And she's like, uh, I just got done coaching. Um, what about you? I said, yeah, I finish at whatever time. If you want to come by my hotel, we can grab a beer in the lobby, but I've got to coach early in the morning. So she drives to my hotel. We grab a beer. We ended up talking. We had one beer in the lobby hotel and then ended up sitting there talking until like 6 a.m. I didn't, I never went to bed. We just talked all night. And then I went and coached in the morning and she texted me and I was like, yeah, I really enjoyed hanging out. Like we should grab dinner or something sometime. So we went out to dinner. She took me to this like super fancy French place because she thought I was like bougie. And, I, and I, so we were sit down to eat. I can't pronounce a single thing on the menu. I'm like, I guess I'll get the quail because it sounds kind of like chicken. And we get halfway to the meal. And she's like, do you not like it? I was like, honestly, I'm more of like a burger kind of girl. And she goes, oh my God, I thought you were like super high maintenance. She's like, let's leave. <laughs> so we went and grabbed burgers. And I found out months later, I didn't even know months later, I think it was after we were engaged. She wasn't coaching Beantown. She was at her apartment in Connecticut and jumped in the car and drove to Beantown to meet me for a beer. And then just turned around and drove back. Oh, I can't wait to hear her story now. I can't wait to. <laughs> she makes funny. me sound like a real jerk, but like, like she's like, oh, Maddie was like, oh, no, no way. Thanks, but no thanks. I was very just like, no, thank you. I'm all set. <laughs> That's hilarious. Now, I know you guys had uh, your son last year. He's, he just turned one. So happy birthday again. Uh, what, what, how has that like changed you? Um, it's the best thing in the world. It's uh, like immediately your life changes in a way that like I can't even explain. But um, it just you, you look at everything from a different perspective. Um, and Anya really wanted a baby girl. And I, so I really wanted a boy. So I'm, I was like, so excited when I found out we were having a boy. Um, but it's just fun, like to have this little human who relies on you for everything and looks up to you. And like, he does everything I do, he mimics. Um, and it's exciting. I think that, um, you know, he comes to practice with me every now and then, uh, it's completely changed my priorities and made me like, reconsider why I do everything that I do because like this next generation he's obviously a boy but you know this next generation of kids that we talk about and pioneering in, in sports and just in the world in general this next generation of little humans like they're not just this idea now we're raising this next generation of people um so it's there's a weird like pressure but it's also like I, I can't describe it it's just it's the coolest feeling and there's so much love. Like I didn't think it was possible to love something mm -hmm. so much. Like I love him more than anything in the world. And it's just, it has completely filled our lives and there's never a dull moment. There's never a spare moment, but uh, we wouldn't change it for the world. Yeah. You guys definitely have some funny videos with them too. I saw when you were doing the, uh, the curl ups and you got them on the bar too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and then going back into hockey, I forgot to ask you, like, uh, what does it mean to you to be like the captain of your team? I think um, 
it's, you know, obviously an honor anytime you get a letter and, and that kind of recognition from your coaching staff or your teammates, whatever. Uh, I think I've been around for so long. I'm like a fossil at this point. It's kind of like, who else? Um, but, I, but I say this all the time and I, I really believe it. I think that we have, I think if I weren't there, there's a long list of players in our locker room who are phenomenal leaders. Um, I think that's what has made me being a captain for as long as I have been so easy. It's just that, you know, there's, I have a lot of other leaders around me to, to rely on. Um, and it's, it, it's easy to do the job. It doesn't, it's not like a, a pressure and there's not this extra, it's not like a job on top of a job. It's just, you go to practice and you've got a letter on your chest, but I've got 20 other teammates who could have the same one and do the same thing. So um, it's a nice kind of pat on the back, but I don't necessarily think it changes anything um, from like my role standpoint. It's just, it is what it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You're just humble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just going into non uh, hockey stuff. Uh, like what, what else do you like to do in your free time? Um, we travel. We don't travel a lot. We, we travel like for long periods of time. Um, I like to be in the warm weather. I love to ride my bike, uh, in the off season, I ride like 20, 30, 40 miles a day. Um, so I got a new bike, like last, right when COVID hit, um, I bought a new bike right before the national bike shortage occurred. Um, and, uh, so now we go down, to, we've been going down to Florida the last two years. We go down for like eight weeks in the off season. Um, and that's just, that's, we just, it's been really good for my training, my mental health, my, like rejuvenated to be outside and in the sun um so we go to florida every year for a couple of weeks and my family has a place in northern michigan we go there for six or so weeks um we like to be outside on the water um anya and i both are pretty involved in different mental health campaigns and things like that so that's something that i'm increasingly getting involved with and more passionate about um i also have a, another job outside of playing hockey so uh i don't have a ton of free time but uh, most of my free time, I'm either on my bike, just bought a trailer so I can bring Waylon with me. Um, but usually outside doing something, not yeah. a big hiker though. I can't hike. I can't camp. All right. Um, and then what about like, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys are allowed to do it, but if you could do it, uh, who would you want to do like a Jersey exchange with? Ooh. Hmm. Grant Mentis. All right. Grant Mentis or um, maybe Dempsey, just because like we're the like two of the two captains that have just like always been there. Yeah. Like Grant Mentis is pretty. Grant, I, Grant Mentis is a pretty good hockey player. I do like that you guys get new like new design jerseys every year i think that's pretty cool yeah um did you say yeah i don't know if those are the ones that it was like they mocked them up i guess they're i, I don't think they're real right the mock-ups that they came out with like last week maybe they were like oh the, like the retro like yeah, yeah retro are those uh, like a tease they're really going to come out with them or they're not or like yeah the miracle or something yeah. Yeah, Toronto Six was like if you if you uh, I think the T Six was like if we get enough interest maybe we'll do a special on these. Those aren't going to actually be the jerseys, I don't think. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I don't know. We I I haven't seen our jerseys yet. 
I heard we're getting three jerseys and they're pretty cool. Or maybe they released them and I just didn't see it on social media. But yeah, I was gonna say I think I saw one team release their jerseys. I don't know though. I don't know yeah, because those like, other ones messed me up because that's how I was confused about if those are real or like alternates or what. Yeah. Uh, what about what? What's something people don't know about you? Something people don't know about me. Um, I'm afraid of the dark, and I'm actually very sensitive. All right. Like I, I'm very sensitive. I was I was joking with one of my teammates the other day, and she's like, "You're like really sensitive." And I was like, yeah, I know. It's actually like people think I'm not and then they like say things and I'm just like, I'm actually super sensitive. <laughs> I put on a good front though because I'm like out on the ice, like all tough and tumbling, but yeah. I'm a very sensitive, I'm, I'm soft inside. I gotcha. Oh yeah, that that's <laughs> what, that before when I lost my train of thought, now I remember what we were talking about and just our age because I'm 29 too. And now I feel like old, even though we're like not old. But like just like yeah. working with younger people now, I'm just like, wow, this is like kind of weird. And I'm sure that's how you feel with like younger players. Like you're playing with like you could play with 22 year olds now. Yeah, it's uh, it's fun. It's like also my dad pokes fun at me sometimes because like uh, two seasons ago, I played with Brooke Baker, who was on the 12 U Little Caesars team, and I used to like go out and coach them. Yeah. <laughs> and like I was skating in summer skates this summer training like I went out to train Kelly Nash was running some skates and I was like doing drills against kids that I coached like a couple seasons ago who are now in college and like are out at these skates yeah. and we're like going against each other in drills and I was like can I hit them like what's the rule? <laughs> <laughs> but that so that's kind of weird yeah. um but it's also fun because it's like yeah, there's there's like a five, six year age gap, but Brooke Avery is one of my best friends, and there's like five years between us, I think. Rebecca Russo is my is my best friend. There's three or four years between us. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, there's an age gap. It's like, but not I mean, like you in college, there's that three, yeah, four year yeah. age gap. Um, but it's been uh interesting. You you learn I learn a lot. I mean, you learn from the older players too, but I feel like I learn a lot more from the younger players because it's also like now it's at the point where there's that four five, six year gap where things that are important to them are things that weren't even on my radar when I was their age. Like, yeah. especially like the, I've always been passionate about mental health, but these younger generations of kids, like they really talk about it. They talk about it openly. They talk about like their experiences with it. They just talk about it in conversation um, and there's just, I mean, there's other, like the, the, don't even get me started on like TikTok and social media stuff. Like okay, I lost, TikTok. We've, talked, we've talked about the TikTok. I'm like, I have no idea how to use it. Like music. They're like, Pat, do you make a playlist? I'm like, you don't want to listen to my music. I've been listening to the same playlist since like 2010. But, um, so it's fun because there, there are so many different interests, but like there's so many common interests. Um, and I probably learn a lot more from them than they learned from me. So yeah, I mean, I think the younger people make you make you feel young too, and like keep you up to date with the hip new trending stuff. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the listeners know where they could follow you at? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter. It's Madison underscore Packer. Uh, I'm on Instagram, mpacker14. I am on TikTok now, also mpacker14. Paul pushed me to get on TikTok, but no videos yet. 
But we will have some content soon, I promise. Anya's big into the TikTok, so yeah, she, she went viral a couple times. TikTok. She went viral yeah. a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I've got a new coming out with some new stuff um, soon in the next um, couple weeks. Probably I'll have a shop up on Power Forward. So. All right, and appreciate it, and uh, best of luck this upcoming season. Thanks, Paul. This episode has been brought to you by BUSR.com. Go check it out to get your free $100 bet when you deposit $100 at BUSR.com slash Paul. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 